Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. About the future innovations and growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Finding Your Frequency. Uh, we got a special treat for you today. Co-host uh, in studio with me again, Mr. Len Novin. Len, welcome. Hey, it's a great day. Thank you so You're much back. for having me back. Yeah, we appreciate it. You know, we uh, uh, we did that interview uh, with the Bombasinos. Yes. Uh, you know, talking about uh, their son and, and his journey. Uh, well-received interview. I want to thank you for joining us that day and uh, helping me uh, extract all the information all the people want to know. Well, it's a pleasure. And I, it was so much fun for me, but you discover new people that are on a journey and they're they're changing lives by their their own situations and uh it really is a true inspiration yeah and not even knowing how large of an industry you know the feeding tube industry is knowing that they're literally helping a million people uh you know just in the united states helping them every day to have nutritious food uh, that, that makes them feel like they're part of the rest of society. Well, I think the thing that's tremendous for me is the backstory behind it, the real human story of their child yeah. being affected by this. And all of a sudden they rolled up their sleeves, they took steps forward and made a change. They and they sure did, did something. I mean, it was and, quite amazing. And, and that's exactly what fighting a frequency is all about. You know, in our promo, and I say this all the time, you have to summon the intestinal fortitude to do something about your situation and make it better step out of the comfort zone you know and we're gonna we're gonna step out of our comfort zone a little bit today uh you know we've uh, historically done a lot of uh talk on entrepreneurialism and uh you know speakers and authors and people around uh you know a lot of business-based topics and so we're gonna you know kind of shift gears a little bit today and uh, get into the topic of uh, uh health and wellness uh, and spirituality and kind of how the two of those are connected and uh we got a great guest who's going to join us uh, as well and talk uh, about what she's doing in that space and how she's helping to uh uh, connect spirituality and wellness. Uh, so let's get right into it, Len. Now let's do it. As I said, you know I'm a very spiritual person, but I'm also a health fanatic. I'm a fitness right. person. I hike a lot. I'm into exercise. But I think the outdoors and your human internal spirituality connect. And I think this is going to be a wonderful interview. I'm very well, excited. Let's bring on our guest. She's the founder and spiritual leader of Nakshon Minyan, an alternative Jewish congregation and religious school serving the Los Angeles and San Fernando Valley. Under her leadership, the school is known for inclusive, innovative, yet traditional style workshops, services, and programs designed to recharge the mind, heart, and spirit in use and adults alike. Welcome to the show, the wellness rabbi, oh, Judy thank Greenfield. You. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, we appreciate you uh, spending time with us today. Welcome to Finding Your Frequency. And before we get into the uh, the nitty gritty of uh, health and wellness and spirituality and all these things that you're working on, let's, let's in the spirit of Finding Your Frequency, just take a couple of steps backwards and, you know, have you kind of give us a little information on, on your why. What, what drove you to, you know, start this process, to start this journey and find your frequency and your spirituality? That is, I'm going to try and make that short because that is quite a journey. However, I think that I was always a spiritual person. 
but it really came out when I was um, 16 years old. There, I, I experienced a terrible tragedy in my life. And usually these journeys, unfortunately, start with tragedy. And if they're transformed, take, can take on a very empowering and strengthening um, path. Now, I was born Jewish. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And when I was 16 years old, my father was murdered in Cleveland, Ohio, for no apparent reason. My parents were going to theater in the evening, and there was this, you know, unexpected experience. And I don't say this to make you sad or to dwell on it, but I think in my journey to heal from that trauma, and I think we all have traumas in our lives as we as we journey, and I think that I was very angry at God, and it really made me not believe, if anything, and question. And it sent me on a quest of discovery. And the dis- and that quest was not necessarily Jewish. I looked in so many different areas of spirituality and healing, ranging from sound to creative to dream work to, um, back, in, back in those days, I'm going to date myself, Ram Dass, um, you know, what was happening on the forefront during the 70s and 80s. And it also led me to certain friends I have who are the Methodist religion, and it became a topic of something I was really interested in. Now, I think we all experience a moment where we want to find, we all have a quest for meaning, what's our life about, but this was very early, so I got a head start. But there came this point where I was in deep meditation, and I was told to find my consciousness, but from a spiritual standpoint. And something inside me said, hey, what happened to the fact that you were born Jewish? Like this little voice went, well, let's find out a little bit about Judaism and let's stop being angry here because you've got a block. So I really went back and I grew up traditionally Jewish into the conservative movement and I found no spirituality there at the time. So in the, in probably the late nineties, I started to hear teachers in the Jewish movement teach about a Jewish spirituality. Some of us have heard Kabbalah and mysticism. And I gravitated to that direction because that's who I am. We have to start with what we're born into this lifetime first. And then we can make choices. But I was going a different route. So I went back to my source. But what I found was all of these things were in Judaism. And so I began to be nourished in a very different way than I had been, you know, going through that. And that sent me on a journey to say, it's time to embody who I am, and then to use all the things that I learned and begin to revive the Judaism that I thought was kind of meaningless and didn't give me anything at that particular time. And here I am today. I first was a cantor. I went to a seminary, and I became a cantor, and then my, I founded a congregation, and I wasn't done. And I went back to seminary for another six years. <laughs> and became a rabbi. And that's something that's unusual, but only in 2016 can we do that. And we'll be seeing more of that in the future. Yeah, and I think just to set the tone for the listeners as we move through the conversation, I think it's important for them to understand, you know, the difference between religion and spirituality. So as we, you know, kind of talk about uh, some of these pieces we're going to put together uh, that they understand. So uh, from your perspective, can you explain the differences between religion and spirituality? So that way our listeners kind of get that underlying uh, understanding uh, as we move through this conversation. Sure, because if I heard the word religion, I would run the other way. <laughs> <And> as, <laughs> I did. I mean, it's true. Any organized religion 
as disorganized as it can be, um, I was very turned off. And that's changed. And that's what I tried to bridge. I have looked back on what was what was happening. And religion itself, unfortunately, became political, I think, as we experienced it and as it became more institutionalized. I think it had to. It's what happened. At the core of our ancient religions, let's remember they're very, very ancient, you know, 5,000 years for all monotheists, back at Mount Sinai, back in the Red Sea. So it's so ancient that the core of those religions, which is what I've studied my whole life, is beauty that we've maybe forgotten or that's gotten caught, you know, as we've tried to explain it. And I think inherent in religion and what I'm trying to place a spotlight on is this idea of spirituality, which is, that's what it's, spirituality meaning a connection to the spirit, a connection to that which is higher than ourselves. That's all. And it can be done in a lot of different ways. And I think there's a natural experience, obviously, when we are in nature, because nature is closest to that natural steady rhythm, and because the Creator's work is right there in our face and blooming as we, you know, as we experience it. No, that's actually a very good point, Judy. It's Len, and I must say, I, I think... There's something very unique about being placed in nature, it just positioning yourself, your body. Because I, mm-hmm. I grew up like you're, you're currently in the Los Angeles area, the San Fernando Valley. We we're chatting about that off the microphone. Uh, and and I'm here I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, both concrete jungles. There's a lot of stuff around us, a lot of energy. <laughs> Some pollution, you right. know. <laughs> Some pollution. Some, I'm being nice. <laughs> but with that, when you pull yourself away and maybe you drive a little bit down the road and, or you go on a nature hike or you put yourself in a position where everything around you is pretty much raw, meaning no concrete, no buildings, none of that, but you just see the inner workings of this design that's around us. I mean, in your mm-hmm. belief, it does something, doesn't it? Does it not? I mean, to me, it did something well, even, life-changing. Yeah. And imagine, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. So be nice about Cleveland. But <laughs> right. the beauty of living back east it, and the, uh, is that you really feel the season. I mean, that is something that's so visceral and so tangible. And that's not here in Los Angeles. And I, I did live in, in Arizona, too, in the... the um, desert is very different too. It's a whole different experience that you have to acclimate to. But even this this uh, drive towards plant based food, so interesting to me because you don't have to necessarily live in a perfect climate of watching things bloom. You could live in snow, but the idea that nature really is stronger than we are, and that there's so much to learn that is just in that natural um, creator reality. We live in a world where I live in Los Angeles and I get stuck on the freeway and get caught in my car and I can live as insulated as the next guy. And I have to make sure I get out in nature, feel the earth at my feet. And even my meditations take me to those places so that I can feel something because otherwise I'm very cut off. But it's the, it's the design of the higher power right there with our inner faith, this design yeah. that's around us that gives us energy, whether it be from the sunlight or the blue sky or, or just the nature of the animals around us and their life force. Uh, th- that design from God, uh, the higher power, mm-hmm. I, that, that's what we're, correct me if I'm wrong in your studies, is that what we're feeding off of? 
Absolutely. Every prayer, every time we talk about spirituality, it's as if we're pulling those lines down to earth. You know, the one thing about human beings is that we aren't, we are spirit inside, but we still are challenged by a human body. And every time we come from that place of whether it's a meditation or it is a um, focus or it is a prayer, our intention becomes finding spirit in the physical. And so coming from that place, there is actions that take place from that intention that help us to see that other frequency, like you're talking about, of compassion, of beauty, of goodness, of um, kind behavior, outreach. And then we look, then if we're in the traffic, it doesn't feel so um, depressing or, you know, (laughs) it doesn't make us feel as though there is nothing else but that moment of traffic that's holding us up. Try to constantly help people connect to you make a good point that connection you know uh, we hear a lot of stuff from uh doctors and 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 things about what's called a circadian rhythm which is mm. something that a lot of people say hey well you know i need to get reattuned with nature with that and and i wholeheartedly believe that you know that circadian rhythm is is exactly that it's the frequency and the connection between your spirit and your physical body and the ability to get those back into alignment you know and and putting yourself you know out in nature and out into the world where you know you're not surrounded by the negative energies of other folks you're surrounded by all the positivity of nature and allowing that to kind of you know reset the human body and focus it and get it back into where uh, it has a frequency alignment with you know earth and its and, it, and its natural surroundings that's so beautifully put I, I just love that yeah I see the body once a body is more powerful spiritually, it acts as a transformer, I I really believe. Your body can either be a transformer and it knows how to digest the negativity or the negativity will get stuck in your body. And I I believe deeply that prayer, um, certain disciplines, you know, not too disciplined, just enough discipline and a context of the mean, when we look at for meaning in our lives, for each person, it's going to be unique. And I think that this Zacadian rhythm is so real as a singer, and that's that's what a cantor is, is when you are a leader musically, you're working to help people's bodies change through chant, through song, through um, the rhythmic poetry of, the, of those old ancient prayers. And they're much more than just boring old prayers. I mean, we can tell in Gregorian chant something, incredible is happening because it will vibrate through our bodies. And so those old prayers, I try to teach people because they get lost in, oh, I don't know Hebrew, I don't know what that means. And I explain to them that just as in a yoga class, they may not understand what different positions um, in, in different languages mean, they can feel it in their bodies. Our bodies are yearning to feel spirit. They, they in fact, if they don't, they begin to to corrode. And I think that's where we get disease. And it's actually been proven. You can see it in different ways. And I, our job is to pump up the importance of being in community, which is what these faith-based um, communities are. Being in the same frequency. There's something that really happens. 
And we live in a society where people don't show up. And it's really hard in synagogues to get people to come together in prayer. Or I know I don't know how it is across the board, but I, right. I've heard it's the same. In this day and age, we're very isolated. And those things are bringing our frequency down. And as you're saying, I think that we need the choices and we need to continually remind one another, hey, come out with me and yeah. let's let's pray or let's do something a little different than just finding something to bite our time or to make us happy in the moment. Yeah. And, and, you know, I want to talk about frequency just a little bit and yes, it, yes, it's the, Please. you know, part of the show, but you know, frequency vibration and, and frequency in general um, is, is something that's just now from an even medical perspective being understood. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did an interview uh, with a company named Saraset that's located here in Scottsdale. Um, and so these guys are doing uh, traumatic brain injury research based off of brain frequencies. Oh, wow. And so one of the things that Mm -hmm. they've learned, right, is, um, you know, you can get hit in the head uh, as a football player and have a TBI, uh, a traumatic brain injury or whatever the case. And one of the things that they started to learn is that um, a lot of the TBI stuff isn't necessarily a physical injury. It starts out as a physical injury where the brain says, oh, man, you know, I just got whopped in the head. And so it goes into defense mode. Uh, Well, what happens is we get stuck in this in this arena in our lives where we're not in tune with the frequency vibration of earth, which then takes the frequency vibration and, and takes our body out of alignment with our own brain. And so one of the studies that they did was they started reading the frequency vibration of your own brain playing back those frequency Mm. vibrations via audible tones. So converting the frequency in the brain to an audible tone, allowing the brain to effectively just listen to itself. Um, And by doing that, Mm. they were able to reset um, some of the scenarios of TBI just strictly with the frequencies. And so as, as Mr. Gerdes and I were talking about those frequencies, you know, the Zarkadian rhythm thing had come up and, you know, and, and him and I, and he, and he agreed as well as being, uh, you know, studying us for so long that the earth and its natural, Natural state away from you know like Len said the the urban uh, uh, concrete jungles and you know all of those different kind of things that are unnatural actually put up walls and barriers to block the earth's natural frequencies and, and even just by getting out and doing those things that we talked about um, and prayer was another thing that we talked about as well prayer and also uh, a meditation because those are other components that allow your body and your mind to slow down to be able to be more receptive of the frequencies that it's missing and so a lot of stuff that you're saying from a spiritual uh, component have also been proven mm-hmm. medically as of, of the last year or two. It's amazing. That's what's been most exciting is that it's provable. Something that I used to feel and I could feel it in my own body, that's one thing. But to be able to have the support of the medical world, the psychological field, is so helpful and frequency and whatever, putting words to experience are so important. The mission of my congregation is, and especially this year, we've been working on a whole uh, religion and wellness component. And what we did through the year is I finally, after 20 years, after the, after my book, you know, I wrote it. So 20 years ago, and it's, it's almost as if people had to catch up, you know, they had to catch up in the yoga, have enough yoga to understand some of the things that I was trying to say, either using the chakra system, frequency, the, the bottom line, and I have to stay really simple, is that we're just trying to give ourselves almost a chiropractic adjustment, not that we're doing everything wrong, but an adjustment, <laughs> yep. and line it up so that we can feel this 
this um, balance that happens from mind, body, soul, awareness. And so I took people through this idea of how important it is to have routine. I read something recently about how Beethoven, Lacan, um, um, I mean, Immanuel Kant, how these brilliant game changers in the world had routine in their lives, certain practices they did on a daily basis, which allowed them to get very grounded, to slow down, to get back to what was really important, that rhythm, and then to see beyond. In fact, they, they said that some of, of these geniuses, Beethoven, used to make sh- even get um, certain co- amounts of coffee beans the same every day so that he could take his pen and paper and hear music outside the lines. And I think that my mission this year was to give a spiritual understanding to what prayer was meant to do. Now, prayer across the borders what were created in the year 1000 with King David. And what I found as I began to go outside my box was that Psalms have crossed over into the um, Christianity. It's the Psalms, 150 prayers that were supposedly written by King David that was were his greatest hits, but were the inner workings of the soul of what people were feeling at that time. And those Psalms, although old, are the answers to so many of our feelings of isolation or questions. So going back to prayer and giving Psalms an update or looking at commentaries and other ways of stepping into these ancient words has been kind of what I tried to do to teach people that there are morning blessings in Judaism that have been set up and are there for thousands of years and evening blessings. So when you start your day, we all start with different meditations and routines, but if they can connect into the set prayers, because prayers haven't changed, if they can, and they are really prayers that talk about your mind, your body, and your soul, and lining that up so that you can experience your day spiritually, and a way of closing our day, which is to think about forgiveness, to let go of the day, and say, good job, it was enough for today, to have a balance, to turn yourself over to God at the end of the day, in, in, in your own integrity. And then finally, this interesting prayer that says that you step into the pupil of your eye, which means the dream realm. And in Judaism, we're taught that, that dreams are actually one-sixtieth, enough to count, that's the measurement, that, there, that if you clean your day, then it's not, your dreams aren't just, aren't just you know, psychological runoff from the day, they really have information and are teaching you something. So this is something I slowly had to teach and through the year, and then it culminated to the shahaik, which was which is something I'll talk to you about in just a moment, but getting out in nature, changing the environment, changing the, the frontalness of a prayer experience, and allowing people to find the prayers that are really in nature, inherent in you know, just the beauty of what is happening. Judy, I want to throw something at you because we discussed about the nature and going on the hike and being one within it. You, you mentioned something mm-hmm. that's fascinating to me because it's all elements of human sensation I'm diving into here. Music. Mm-hmm. Music. We do have an inner mm-hmm. tuning fork, as I've always said it out loud. That was my, I've coined that, I've said it to so many people. Because I always try to internally, I'm, I kind of, I'm following your journey with that, just discovering you with this interview. 
much of the same. Mm. I've gravitated to like a magnet in recent years. The hiking, what I've been doing, mm-hmm. but music, music. You you mentioned the Psalms, for instance. Those are the songs. Yeah. Those are a very uplifting uh, book in the Old Testament in the Bible. Uh, the music yeah. aspect of of the spirituality. Can we dive into that just for a moment? Because there's something very sure. powerful about the rhythm of music and what it does for the human condition. There's something to mm-hmm. it that I innately, I play seven instruments as well. I, I love music. I love uh, what it does. I love, I'm a sensory person without a doubt. Once you get to really know me, I, yeah. everything is all sensation. But sensation can take you very high. It can take you very low. But the songs of mm-hmm. the Psalms and, for instance, what you put around you, what you put into yourself, I think is very important. If you have dark energy and negativity, you're going to, it's going to ruin you. If you're uplifting and, and, and you find that vibration, that lifts you and raises you up it's better for your overall spirit yeah. and your spirituality am i incorrect well you're absolutely correct and think about how king david discovered music he played for saul king saul who was so depressed and he took music to the next level that what he did is he played for king saul to lift his melancholy in our lives the greatest musicians experienced the melancholy they that was their lifeblood is to let music started their their motors and created a frequency where they could think of the greatest musicians i mean it was a it was so much a part of their life we tend to listen to music just that we like but there have been wonderful studies of how music affects our nervous system Mm -hmm. and that idea and so we we have to also with the music coming in have to have a bit of a filter and because all different music can make you feel many different ways but it's one way that it can lift i mean your your vibration we can even see it i think in, in curly and photography we have an aura around us and you can see what happens to us when we have so much negativity or we, we're not exposed to nature you know the ancient religions were agricultural religion is based in it's so based in nature the only difference between paganism and a religion of oneness was to have more boundaries because people, I mean, were, had no boundaries. And that was great, but it created chaos and destruction. Um, monotheism said, hey, we need Ten Commandments. We need some rules here because otherwise, if we don't see the godliness in this, we'll just be in our egos. And so that's really where I go back to. Anytime I really... I love to tune back into the fact that I am just one human being, but I'm connected to you know hundreds of thousands all over the world. That connectedness, like you said, that feeling of oneness, is crossed through so easily through music. You know, music is such a unifier. And unfortunately, because maybe we don't like the sound of certain chants or it sounds too formal, we can cut ourselves off from really the power of that. Music is kind of like the trend, um, like the trendsetter. Yeah. It, music sets the trend. You can, you can, you can go. All right, I want to yeah. be in a happy mood, right? I, I have music that helps, you know, set that trend for me. They set me on that direction. Well, There's it, music where, you know, it's like, oh, I listen to some songs, and you know, you listen to the lyrics, you listen to the music, and then I'm like, no, I can't listen to this right now, right? Because it puts you in a in right. a mood. The vibration that it, it creates for you is you oh, know, yeah. one one of one of negativity and some things. Like there's some country songs. I absolutely love country music. Like I cannot listen me to too. Don't Take the Girl. I cannot right, listen to right, it, right? right? Right, because the song and the connotations of it all by itself are just so sad. Like I, you know, but 
that 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 frequency it does set the tone i mean what's the first thing that you do len when you want to be happy like you go home and you do what i listen to music right it's funny that you say that uh I, that's what i do but i had an interview i did one time i'll just share real quickly with marie osmond and marie osmond uh, wrote an album mm-hmm. her whole album was called music is medicine she went through a, a very yeah. difficult time oh, yeah. losing a child and she mm. got through a, a loss of a child uh, when she quoted this in the interview that, that her music is what was her salvation. And I think that mm. was very, very powerful yeah. uh, to discuss, uh, as I said, because it keeps you on a balance of positive spirituality. And I, I say that where people fall into holes in life, uh, people ha- uh, get mm-hmm. self-destructive. I, I, I would try to just have a, a, a broad brush with my verbiage on it. Uh, the, the bottom line, though, if you have proper spirituality, and, I, and I'm reading more and more about you here, Judy, it seems like with your, your work, uh, you get people on the right direction with positive influence around to keep mm-hmm. you on a very happy path. Well, I love that you said this about right direction. Because I also want to say, we all want to be on a happy path, but let's face it, there's a lot to, there's a dark side. No, of course. Well. Yes, I mean, I, know, I, I try to be yeah, so life. realistic. <laughs> and yeah, and so I think that this is, I, I think that what we are given here is this ability to transform our frequency. We're give, we're, we empower ourselves by knowing that there's certain things that we can turn to that will help elevate wherever we are. I mean, depression's at its highest. And you know, don't you turn on the TV there and you just, whoa, <laughs> you know, so we, yes, we can do those things. But I think at the core, we need to be reminded of just what you said, that we have to stay in our bodies, that those are, that the only way that we find safety is to learn how to be inside and like what we're feeling, not be held, you know, captive to our emotions, but know that our emotions are only the top layer. For example, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is imagine that we're in an ocean and you're, you're getting hit and there's wave after wave after wave and you're getting hit by those waves. Yes, when you start to get smarter, when you're sick of being hit by the waves and you go a little deeper and you find out that if you go under the waves, there's a calm, right? If you go a little bit deeper. And that's kind of a meditation and a way that I teach that the emotions are going to always crash. There's always going to be waves. And where, where religion sits, where spirituality sits, is a little bit deeper, where you can duck underneath. Experience, yeah, there's going to be waves, and they're going to go to the shore and come back. It's a natural flow. But that the way that we can, we can weather this is to go a little bit deeper into our value, into our life force. Because that's, what we, that's really at the core what Judaism is about, is that one of the philosophies is so deeply, let's focus on life. Let's keep living in, you know, the, the prayer you even say over death, yikadav, yikadash, it's very mantra-like. It's all about life. It's saying, no matter what, no matter what we go through, help me cope and weather and, you know, move with this, with, with what life has to deal us, deal, yeah, to deal us. And so that's really what I'm talking about as, an, you know, the, the strength of what we, all of us are doing what you're doing when you hike when what you do when you pray when we're talking about frequency is that let's get ourselves on a frequency where we don't feel like we're being hit by wave after wave that we just know we have to slow down we have to go counter cultural at times take really good care of ourselves and nurture and learn how to go inside and not be afraid of 
the chat, know how to deal with the chattery mind. Well, it has to be trained. Know how to deal with the dark emotions, the light emotions. Okay, they're asking us to pay attention, get curious about them, learn about them. Oh, and then I have prayer that's, gonna, that's telling me for thousands of years people did this, and I can hang on just like they did. Wow, what powerful information that you're delivering here and, you know, such a great takeaway for our audience, you know, slowing down and taking care of yourself and, you know, kind of making that shift. Uh, Rabbi Judy Greenfield, thank you so much for joining us on Finding a Frequency today. Uh, please take a moment, let the listeners know uh, where they can find more information about you and connect with you offline. Great. And I and please do. Please do. If, this, if anything that I said resonates with you, it would just be so wonderful to hear from you. You can write me at rabbijudyg at gmail.com. Rabbi, R-A-B-B-I-J-U-D-Y, small J-U-D-Y, Judy G, at gmail.com. Um, I would love to hear what resonated with you. And I also, want you, you can call our congregation. We're open, even if you, you know, especially to people who are interfaith and who are, um, interested, it is nachshonminion.org. You can check our website out. It's N-A-C-H-S-H-O-N, minion, M-I-N-Y-A-N.org. Check us out. Let me hear from you, and God bless. Have a wonderful day finding your frequency. Awesome. Judy, we really appreciate your time. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned into Finding Your Frequency. A big shout out to Len Novin for jumping in the co-host seat with me today. It's always fantastic, Len. Thanks. Well, no, thank you for having me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Finding Your Frequency. You can find us all over social media at Radio Ryan 1, at Jeff Spinney 2, and of course, check out the website, findingyourfrequency.net.